Hey there, I'm your host, Misty, and I'm a woman's life coach. In my former life, I was overstressed, overwhelmed, and always overdoing it, which I believe led to my diagnosis of rheumatoid arthritis. Now I get to live a life that I've designed and I have the power to create what I want. Doesn't that sound cool? I found my way back to health by showing up for myself and releasing old patterns, including being the ultimate people pleaser and perfectionist. I created this podcast from my passion to empower, uplift, and transform the lives of women who are struggling with chronic stress and illness by providing tips, tools, and insights into the power of rest, how our thoughts and old patterns not only hold us back, but create dis-ease in the body. My goal is to support and educate at the same time as build a community of like-minded women so we remember we are not alone. Now's the time to begin the exploration into what is holding you back and start to design the life of your dreams. My only question is, are you ready? Let's get going. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast, Empower, Uplift, and Transform with Misty. I am so super excited for today's guest, Amy Silva. Amy is so talented and offers various modalities all in support of healing. Amy is a birth postpartum doula. She provides grief, trauma, and loss support, as well as being a life-death doula. Amy is also registered as a yoga and meditation teacher and blends these practices with her other modalities. Amy has always dreamed of doing something to make a difference in people's lives, and as she's experienced her own growth and healing, she knew this was how she wanted to show up and serve others. Amy's going to share with us today her insights and wisdom around grief and healing support. Amy is also the host of a podcast, Where Healing Happens, and in this podcast, she has deep conversations surrounding birth, death, childhood trauma, mental health, wrongful incarceration, sex work, intergenerational trauma, domestic violence, human trafficking, and so much more. On her podcast, she's able to hold space not only for herself, but also for others so they can share their stories as honestly as they happen. So excited. Let's give Amy a huge welcome. So welcome, Amy. I'm so grateful that you've taken some time out of your day to join me and to pop on this podcast and really just share all of your wisdom and insight. And uh, yeah, I'm just really excited to jump into this because it's definitely around a topic that I know I've struggled with being able to connect with people on. And I feel like it's really going to help people just navigate and understand this idea around grief and healing. So I'm excited to, to just jump in. So could you just tell us a little bit about your business and maybe your mission statement? Yeah. So <laughs> there's so much. So my personal mission statement is uh, love. So that's the philosophy and the teaching method that I use. So listen, observe, value and validate and educate and empower. So I see myself more as a guide that walks along people versus like a teacher that tells people what to do. Um, So that's kind of how I go about everything that I do. Um, I look at the people that I work with as more of friends than um, like a client. Yeah, that I, I read that acronym on your website and I thought that was so beautiful and just a really just like gentle way to really help people find that 
that connection, that encouragement as they're dealing with whatever they're dealing with, right? With grief or, or in the healing process and just a way that I felt like you could connect with anybody, right? It wasn't just sort of focused on whether it's women or men or whatever comes in, just really that overall humanity. It was just a beautiful way to describe what you do. So could you talk a little bit about what you do um, specifically? Yeah. So I am a doula. Um, So I do support people through pregnancy and labor, birth, through through postpartum. I support people as um, an infant pregnancy loss support person. Uh, And then I've recently started supporting people um, as an end-of-life doula, so supporting them through an end-of-life diagnosis, through actively dying and supporting family through all of those periods as well as after death. Um, I'm also a yoga teacher, so I specialize in trauma and grief, and I am... currently I'm running a few different programs that kind of specialize in those areas. So I have, it is a class that specializes directly for um, grief. Um, So it doesn't have to be somebody's died, which is a lot of times what people think about when they think about grief, like, oh, I can only get support if somebody's died. And that's not really what grief is. Grief is an emotion that everybody goes through normally multiple times throughout their life and for other reasons. So it could be a job loss. It could be a sickness. It could be just a relationship change. Like we saw so many different things over the last few years and a lot of people were hesitant to acknowledge that that was grief. So this mindful grieving yoga therapy program, that's really what that is for. It's to support anyone who feels like they need some kind of grief support. So within that program, you know, we do meditation, we do journaling, there's a sharing circle, there's a little bit of the physical practice of asana, which when you say yoga, normally here in the Western world, that's just what we assume yoga is, is the physical movement. And that's such a small, small part of yoga. And what I really do within this program And all of the ways that I bring yoga into my personal life and my teaching and working with people is looking at more of those limbs and getting more out of yoga than just the physical movement. Yeah. It's so interesting when you talk about grief as more than somebody dying, right? Mm -hmm. I really, I don't know. I don't know if that's Western culture that that's where we get hung up, but I totally can relate to that idea of, uh, I don't think until I started doing my work, understood that you can grieve loss of relationships, grieve, like, I imagine how many people grieved through COVID, right? That loss of connection. And so it's so timely that you're really bringing this work in. Well, and it's so, yeah, it's so so different because like with grief, it's not, it's not a one-time thing. Like we tend to think, oh, they're grieving and now they're not. Well, no, a week from now or a year from now or five years from now, something can remind you of that grief that you're experiencing and you go through it all again. It's just like when people say, oh, there's like the five or the six stages of grief and like you go through them in order. You don't go through them in order, actually. Everybody's different. Some people will experience some of the six 
And some people don't experience all of them. Like some people experience all six. Some people will experience one or two. 10 years from now, they might come back and they might go through the same ones or different ones. It's very, it's very specific to the individual. So we really miss the mark when we're supporting people. I'm just reflecting on what you said earlier when you talked about grief um, and you, you said it's an emotion, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think about that when, and it just sort of, it's, I guess, one of those aha moments for me as it clicks as you're sharing that we have happy emotions throughout our whole life. So it's like when you say that, that grief can come back up in five years, that that makes sense to me when I think of it as an emotion, as, a, as opposed to a process, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like it happens, you deal with it and you move on from it. And just yeah. from what I'm hearing from you, it's like, you, maybe you don't. Is that- no, and the, that's the thing. People like to fix things. So when we're grieving, people assume that they need to fix something for us. They need to make our situation better. They need to help us. When in reality, we're going through an emotion and there's nothing to be fixed. It's okay to grieve whatever loss we're grieving. And it's okay to grieve it for however long we need to. It's okay to come back to that grief. And it's okay to grieve it in whatever way works for us that may not work for somebody else. We really need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's the big thing, right? Like I can say like for myself, like I have always struggled with seeing my husband go through something because like one, I just want to fix it and I want to help him. But like two, I was also raised in, you know, a society that's like the husband is supposed to be strong. Husband's not supposed to show emotion. Well, why can't he show emotion? He should be able to show emotion and I should be able to support him through that. And I shouldn't have to fix that for him. I should just be like, you know what? I'm sitting right here. I'm here with you. What do you need from me in this moment? And that's just how we go through grief. It's moment by moment, day by day. And it's not something that needs to be fixed. It needs to be acknowledged and appreciated. Because when we grieve something, it's because we loved something. It doesn't have to be a person that we loved. It could have been a thing. It could have been that job that we loved so much. And then a pandemic took it away from us. You're allowed to grieve that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think, and so correct me if I'm wrong and just sort of talk a little bit about it. It's, I feel like you give permission to the people to be in the grief because I know I've talked with clients and, and like one person popped into my mind as you were talking, she lost her dream job. And it was 20 years ago, but she lost her dream job. And as she was sharing with me, she became very emotional and went into grief around it. But then she stopped herself and was like, I shouldn't be feeling this. It happened 20 years ago, right? It was, And so the way you're explaining it really shows, I feel like that you give people the space to do what they need to do. Absolutely. Um, that's, that's one of, when I take all of these courses, you know, your mentors, they give you feedback and that's always kind of been my feedback is like, you give so much permission to people to be able to do what they need to do. And you just, you, you're there with them and you don't try to like sway them one way or the other. And I think that that's, that's really what we need to be doing when we're working with people through grief or loss or trauma is really just being with them because we're not the ones that are experiencing it. You know, even if it's our loved one, that's not ours to carry. All we need to do is to be able to sit there and be with them and allow them the opportunity to really feel into what they're feeling. 
and you know this as a yoga teacher, we carry so much in our bodies and that's not always dealt with right away. And sometimes it comes back and sometimes you're just in an emotion, you're feeling an emotion and you can physically feel it in your body, right? Like, you know exactly where it is. We can tell by where we're feeling something in our body, what emotion we're feeling. There's science behind that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The body is so wise, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, it's so full of wisdom and we have become disconnected from that. We, we play in our, our, like our minds, our conscious minds. That's where we, we try to process. Like one of my mentors talks about how about we feel the feelings as opposed to think the feelings. And it yeah. really landed for me when she said, we over-intellectualize our feelings as opposed to letting them move through our body, allowing us to just feel it and give ourselves permission to do that. Yeah, so many people disassociate and it's been taught to us to do that as a coping mechanism because that's just kind of how we've been conditioned to deal with things here. So it is really about feeling our feelings and getting comfortable with the uncomfortable, <laughs> which is hard. It is a very hard thing to do for so many people. It took me years to be able to get to the point where I could do that for myself. And then when I was able to do it for myself, I was like, I can do this for other people. And that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I'll be the first to own that, like around grief before I started my whole exploration and getting and getting to know myself, I would avoid people who would lose somebody because I didn't, I couldn't be in the uncomfortable. It was so like, it just felt so overwhelming for me that I was like, I can't even, I don't know what to say. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to, and I know that was not, but in the moment that was all I could do. So when you say that, be learn to be in the uncomfortable, that really resonates because it is super uncomfortable. and and It is. And I mean, yeah, and if you can't, and like good for you, honestly, to say like, you know what, I can't be in the uncomfortable situation with this person. I'm just not going to put myself in it because that's better than trying to go there and fix it for them or tell them how they should be feeling or what they should be doing that pushes people's healing back, right? So a lot of being able to support other people is doing the work yourself first. You can't do anything for anybody else until you've, you're you able to do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's, and I think people are well-meaning when they try. Like I remember when um, my father passed away very much that I was it's so interesting as, as you're sharing and I'm like, oh, I wish you were here with me back then, Amy, because <laughs> it would have been so helpful um, because when he died, he had been sick for so long. So I played the story out of he's been sick for so long that he's now in a better place. So I'll do the funeral. I'll do all the viewings. I'll do the family. And then it's done. It's like I just closed the door and I said it was done and I didn't allow myself to grieve beyond the the five days or whatever it was. And then in that people would come up and say what I felt was like the weirdest things to me. I was like, like somebody shared, well, at least you had your dad longer than I did. And like, and I was like, I know that you love me, but I think that's a really weird thing to say to me right now. And so it's like, what I'm hearing you say is that if you feel like you can be in the uncomfortable, it's like, just hold space for people. Mm -hmm. Just be there for them and not try to make it better. 
Right. And a lot of times people want to share their own experience because that's their way of connecting and showing that they're compassionate to you in that situation. But in that, a lot of times we find that there's those comparison stories, right? Like you just said, oh, well, at least you had your dad longer than I did. Well, don't try to minimize my grief and like, don't try to like upplay your grief. Like that's not helping anybody in that situation. You know, a simple, listen, I lost my dad. I know that that what you're feeling is your own, but maybe if you want to talk to somebody who's been through something similar, I'm here for you. Like there is a way to go about things without minimizing or maximizing it for anybody. And, but that's what we do, right? We're such a comparative, competitive culture. Yeah. And it's a weird thing to get comparative about, I think. Yeah. It not is. judging people, but it's it's very interesting that that would be something we would go into comparison about because it is so it is so in um, personal, right? On how we experience what we experience, and and thankfully, because I did my own work, I think it was probably ten years after my dad passed, I processed. Like I I went back into grief, but I was okay. I was able to be in it if that makes sense. I was able to actually. So I'm not saying the grieving is over because it does come up sometimes, and I'm like. Oh, isn't this interesting, right? It's here and I but I'm able to give myself space around it, so it's very helpful and this whole conversation it it almost feels like it's giving me permission like yeah, you're you're on the right track, Misty, allowing yourself to feel what you feel, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, when my mom died, um like she committed suicide, it is this is the 11th year. This May was 11 years. It took me seven years to be able to start processing. For seven years, I just had to completely disassociate and distance myself from the situation because it was too big. It was too much. I just wasn't ready. And that happens so often. And then people are like, oh, well, it's been like, you know, 10 years or two years or five years. Like, I can't possibly grieve now. Like, I miss my opportunity. Absolutely not. Grief is an ongoing process. In those first few years, you were in that anger stage. You were probably a really angry person. You probably went through a lot of different things that you don't even realize are tied to your grief and your processing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I, I'm grateful because my husband was there with me and he held space for me, but I don't, and we reflect on it together now, but we didn't do it healthily. Like if that makes sense, like it yeah. was definitely I used tools to push it down, right? Let's have a bottle of wine tonight. Like, do I really need wine? Right? And I don't know in the moment that I knew what I was doing, but as I pull out of it and I reflect back, it's like, I was just pushing it all down so that I wasn't, I guess a disassociating, right? It was any way that I could temper all of those feelings I did. And um, yeah. And you're not alone. I mean, I, I did the same thing. Yeah. And it's like, and then it's like hand to heart. And I'm like, and that's okay, Misty. That's okay. Right. Like really learning to be compassionate with myself. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this is so informative to help people. I love that, that how you share, like you process grief, however you process it, right. There isn't a linear timeline, right? No. And you do it in the moment, how you need to do it. Like when I lost my mom, I was 23. So grieving me at 23 versus grieving me at 33 are very different people. The way that I just handle things, the way I process emotions are completely different 
I can look back and be like, yeah, I was 23. I was an adult. But was I really? No. Like I was still coming out of that teenage phase, entering early adulthood, entering the world of having a job and paying my own rent. And then I got pregnant six months after my mom died, right? Versus where I am right now. I'm a homeowner. I have my own career. I have my own business. I have a family. I have three kids, happily married. Like I'm very different as a person and how I process things versus who I was when it happened. If I would have had the knowledge or the tools that I have now, 11 years ago, I might have processed differently. I might not have turned to alcohol and partying and just kind of taken myself out of what I was in so I didn't have to deal with it at the time. Would I do the same now? I don't think so. But there's a very good possibility that if I suffered a traumatic loss, maybe I would go back to that. I don't know. I would hope not. But at the same time, I'm very understanding of the fact that I know that I would do whatever I needed to do to get myself through it in that moment. And then I'd give myself permission and forgiveness later on for whatever I did and however I did it. And then come back to healing in the way that I need to. That's all we can do. That's all we can offer people. Yeah. Thank you. So I know you talked a little bit about, um, was it, I, I think you said it was a group that you offer that has yoga. Um, how do you, how can you, how do you support people if they're in the grieving or healing process? With like within that group or outside of that group? Yeah. Like, so you have the group. So, and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, sorry, that wasn't very clear. I'm in my head. Cause I had a second question like brewing at the same time. <laughs> I was like, okay, pause. Um, so I guess the, my first question that sort of popped in after I started asking that question was the idea of like, is there a way, like, I love how you share that grieving is more than just loss of a person. And so are there ways that people might identify that they're actually in grief? Like if it's, if it's outside of the death of somebody, I think that that is a natural, people know that that's a grief, but like, I don't know that sometimes people acknowledge that they may be grieving loss of a job or grief and that what they're going through. But is there a way that like anything you could say that help, could help them identify that, that there could be grief that they're navigating outside of death of I mean, a loss, like love of, of a loved one? It's very personal, right? Like grief is an emotion to an experience. So, you know, if you find yourself sad or just kind of dealing with things differently or not dealing with things, you might be grieving, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's... There's no one way to be like, oh, that person is definitely going through grief right now. Like, I should probably reach out and be like, hey, do you need some support? Um, (laughs) It's just so personal, right? But I mean, the way that I offer support for people who are grieving is very individual. So like I offer the group class because some people really thrive in a group setting. Some people are not comfortable doing things one-on-one. Some people really like groups. Some people don't like groups and they really only like one-to-one. So I do both. I offer the group, which is an incredible space to be in. You are held by so many people who by the end of it become like friends and family to you. It doesn't matter if you've experienced the same type of loss. Um, The last group that I did, every there were eight people and everybody's loss was different and they were still able to 
connect to something. You know, we go through different themes each week. So you talk within those themes. Um, and then I work it with individuals. So sometimes that is just having a conversation. Sometimes that conversation turns to, well, let's just try moving our body because they're really feeling something in their shoulders or in their lower back. Okay, well, let's try to process and like move that out. Sometimes that looks like doing some journaling prompts. Sometimes that journal page is ripped out and burned. Sometimes there's teas. Sometimes it's drinking, you know, a glass of tea together. Even if the person doesn't like tea, they're like, oh, I'm not a tea drinker. I'm a coffee drinker. It's like, well, let's just try this little tea ceremony. And people are like, I've never enjoyed tea before. This was amazing. Because it's the it's the way that you do it. It's creating the space for them in whatever they need in that moment. So when I say like I work one-on-one with clients with yoga, um, again, it's not just the asana part of yoga. It's so much more than that. Um, I always like to joke and I'm like, yeah, I don't really know anybody else that teaches like me. Because most people, when you go to a yoga class, it's like you go in to an asana practice. And that's such a minimal part of my own personal yoga practice that it's become kind of minimal to a lot of the people that I work with. They really Mm -hmm. see the benefits of other things, you know, like we share yoga philosophy and stories and we just have conversations and it's really just about connecting with their own body, their own mind, their own spirit through each day that we're together. And then Mm -hmm. I teach them how to do that at home on their own. Beautiful. So with your group, just for, um, is it, does it run for a certain period of time or is it, um, do you, is so it like a, do, people come and go? So no, they don't come and go. Um, it's run either, there's a six week program, uh, a 12 week program, a six month program and a nine month program. So you sign up for one of those okay. and we yeah. do it every week at the same time, the same day. Um, I'm taking a little break right now over the summer just because I didn't want people to miss class because they had vacation or, Mm -hmm. you know, they're going out of town. I really want people to be able to be at every class because it really does make a difference. Um, So I'm hoping to start a 12-week and a six-week end of August, beginning of September, maybe more towards mid-September, depending on when I'm talking to people, what um, their schedules look like, if they think that that is it going to work or not? And is it in person or is it online? It's both. Um, so I really enjoy doing in person. I love doing in person stuff, but I also love doing stuff online because you can just reach so many more people and you can reach them from anywhere in the world, right? Like mm-hmm. you can just bring so many more people together. And that was one of the big things that like I learned over the pandemic was I was given the opportunity to take so many different trainings that I never would have had the opportunity to take. I wouldn't have learned any of this stuff if I hadn't have done it online. So Mm -hmm. I offer it with both. Um, I'm leaning more towards the online right now or making it a hybrid of doing it in person and online at the same time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It says your work is so important. And I think having that broad reach is, would be amazing for people to be able. And sometimes people have a lot of anxiousness about 
being in, like you said, in person, right? And it's yeah. just a beautiful way to be able to connect people. And your one-on-ones, are they packages or are they, how do you run? Um, they they can be. You can do like one class or I do have packages available, yeah. And yeah. I do them. It can be done in person or online as well. And so just just sort of just as we are winding down, do you have any sort of like piece of advice for anybody who is moving through like grief or like on their healing process? Anything that you think you, you just sort of find that you commonly say to people that you're finding people are, they're saying to themselves or anything that can just maybe support them. Anything you could say that, any insight at all? Yeah, I mean, a really big thing is seeking out support for yourself, but seeking out the right support for you. You know, I went to a therapist at the seven year mark and I literally could like feel myself like itching to like get out of my own skin and run as far away from that room as I possibly could. I wasn't ready for talk therapy and not everybody is. Um, And sometimes it's really just about finding the right person for you. So when you look at like therapy as a modality, everybody just thinks, oh, well, therapy is sitting down in a room and like laying on a couch and like talking to somebody and having them write notes. Well, not always. There's different types of therapy. There's art therapists. There's somatic therapists. There's biodynamic breath work. There's body release. There's so many more things that fit into that scope of therapy. You know, you can look at yoga therapy that focuses more on the body. Sometimes people are holding so much grief or so much trauma in their physical body that sitting down in a room and talking to somebody about their feelings isn't helpful, but maybe moving their body and having somebody, you know, move them through the emotions that they're feeling in their body would be helpful. And then maybe six months from working on the physical body, they can come back and sit on a couch and talk to somebody, right? It's really gauging what you need as an individual on your own healing journey. There is no right way to grieve or to heal. There is no one size fits all when you're looking at how do you heal. It's really listening to yourself, what feels good, what doesn't, who feels good as a support person, who doesn't. If you are working with somebody and you don't feel good, stop doing it. Mm-hmm. Just don't don't go back. Find somebody else. When I was looking for a talk therapist last year, when I finally decided at the 10-year mark I was ready to talk, I had spent three years, you know, working on getting things out of my body with, with yoga and meditation and sitting, you know, in stillness alongside the movement. I interviewed multiple therapists across the country because the pandemic really opened up the possibility of so many people supporting people online versus in person that I was able to do therapy over Zoom. And I found somebody that specialized in the areas that I wanted who had a different approach to their talk therapy that worked for me. You know, my, my therapist is also an, an art therapist. So she brings that Western plus that holistic side to my therapy, which really works for me. You know, every week that I speak to her, I get journaling prompts. Journaling really works for me. Whether I take that journal prompt and I talk about it on my podcast and I just go off on a tangent talking about whatever it brings up, or if I sit down with a pen and paper and write it out. It doesn't matter. 
it's healing for me. And other people listen to my podcast, find it healing to listen to somebody else talk about something. It's, it's just a huge other world when we talk about healing and what that looks like and how to do it. So yeah, yeah. just keep trying until you find something that works for you. And don't get discouraged if it stops working for you. It just means maybe you need something else. Mm-hmm. So that brings me in. If you want to share the name of your podcast so people can tune in and listen and get this information and, and hear your wisdom and your guests. Yeah. So um, the name of my podcast is the name as, as same as my business. So it's Where Healing Happens. Um, I have like a 30 day meditation challenge on there. You were part of it last year. So those meditations are still there. So 30 days of meditations, anybody can go listen anytime I've got, um, some really incredible conversations with people from all over the world. You know, I have a Mm -hmm. somatic therapist from Hong Kong and I've got uh, another therapist from, um, Spain, like just kind of all over having these amazing conversations about different types of therapy, which I found super interesting because until I started really looking into it for my podcast, I wasn't even aware of all the different types that there were. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it really gives a wide spectrum for people who are seeking, like who are seeking out healing and, and learning about different ways that they can move through the process. Yeah. Yeah. I've listened to some of them. They're pretty amazing. So highly recommend. Definitely get on and listen to her podcast. Um, how else can people get in touch with you? Like, What's the best way to reach out to you, Amy? Um, they can message me directly on Instagram or Facebook. Both those pages are Where Healing Happens. Um, you can check out my website, wherehealinghappens.ca. Um, I'm pretty accessible. If you send me a message, I typically respond pretty quickly unless I'm sleeping. Um <laughs> So yeah, I okay. love, I just love what I do. Yeah. I'm excited I to share with that. the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm grateful that you shared it with us and uh, I'll make sure all of your info is on uh, in the show notes so people can mm-hmm. easily just click through and find you and connect with you. And just before we wrap up, I always like to just have my guests say like, what is like one fun thing you love to do to just sort of release energy, to feel good, to sort of up your vibe? Oh, what do I do to feel good? I really like to get outside. Yeah. Just be physically outside. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to like go for a hike or you know do yoga outside. As much as I love doing those things, it can literally just be just standing outside and mm-hmm. taking a couple deep breaths and just kind of like listening to the sounds around me. Sometimes I'll do that in the middle of the night if I can't sleep or oh. early in the morning if the kids are driving me crazy. Uh, a lot of times I work nights at the hospital. Um, so I'll just, you know, take my break and I'll just go stand outside. It could be three in the morning. It could be five thirty in the morning. Um, yeah. Just like step outside and just kind of like take in what's going on around me. Yeah. Beautiful. I love it. I know I'm an outdoors person too, just to take that breath. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Amy, for joining us and sharing all of your wisdom and your gifts. And uh, yeah, so people listen to her podcast, Where Healing Happens, or check out her website and connect with her if you're just needing some support. 
Thanks so much, Amy. Thanks for having me. Do you celebrate all the wins in your life, no matter how big or small? I know I sure do. And so in this moment, I'm celebrating you for finishing another podcast episode and soaking up new ways to empower, transform, and uplift your life. Want to grab the show notes and all the links talked about in today's podcast? Well, you're going to find those in the episode's description, along with a link to join my Facebook community, Supporting Resilient Women. In this group, I share even more insight, tips, and tools to live your best life. Until we meet again, my friend, and to your dreams.